cast for magic. We come to the Pope on Film podcast to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that. All of us. That indescribable feeling we get, which I'm describing literally right now. So how describable are we talking about here? That indescribable feeling we get when the Liz a Day theme song begins to play and we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. <laughs> Dazzling images on a small Twitch stream, stream, sound that is sound, somehow, Amaland horse erotica feels good in a podcast like this. Bunny Williams feels like the stoned parts of us, and May Lynn feels perfect and powerful because here they are. The Pope on Film podcast. We make movies better. And with me is. Uh, I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend May Lynn. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood. I created an online religion based on Ed Wood in the 90s. And um, I did a lot of uh, press and interviews in 20 in 97 98 99 2000 and it was always just i'm on a radio show to be made fun of or i'm being interviewed for this magazine thinks i'm stupid but then 9 11 happened and then after that i got a bunch of press but everyone took me seriously and i'm not sure exactly what part of 9 11 led to people taking the church of ed wood seriously but this camera is glitching like crazy and it's so weird no because i'm already in the middle of recording like i'll change it in between uh this is just i mean what glitching that is a special effect okay so you see the screen down here q um there's a lot of space here that they don't see like from here to here you, you got to be from here to here okay now people can see the cat there you go 
that was good. That was good. You really got to get close if you want to be in the the stream. So, okay, uh, this is episode 470 of the Pope on Film podcast. And, well, it's the last episode of the year. And this is is usually the episode where we start off with laughter and funny bits. Usually I do this year-end wrap-up where I talk about the year's biggest Hollywood bombs as if they were the biggest hits, cinematic hits of the year. And we all have a hearty laugh. But between the last episode and this episode, a lot has happened. Um, My dad died, my brother became my dad, and I got disowned. And that's primarily what we will be talking about. However, I will more than likely still do that year-end wrap-up in the beginning of the next episode. So, in the next episode, when I say that 2023 is the year when America was swept away by Ezra Miller fever, and people were lined up around the block to see the flash, please laugh heartily as if it is your first time hearing said joke. Yes. Okay, good. Now, with with that intro out of the way, let's talk about uh, what happened. Let's talk about the big news. Let's talk about the one thing that everybody wants to hear about. Uh, Shecky Green just died. Shecky Green, okay. Now, he's in the category Shecky of... Green. Wasn't he already dead? Shecky Green died at the age of holy shit. Shecky Green was still alive. Yeah. Holy shit. I am blown away by this. He was uh, Shecky Green dies. Legendary Las Vegas comedian was 97. Yeah. He died nice. of natural causes. He died of fucking old. He yeah. died of old at his home in Las Vegas. Um he he mostly recent appear he he most recently appeared in the 2000 film The Last Producer. He also guest starred on television shows including Love American Style, Laverne and Shirley, Roseanne, Mad About You, and Northern Exposure. I haven't heard of the existence of Northern Exposure in a very long time. No. Outside of you and me. Outside of you and me, of course, honey. Of course. So yeah, Shecky Green is dead and all of all of America is in mourning. I heard that Elton John is already rewriting Candle in the Wind. Yeah. For Shecky Green's death. It's going to be called Candle in the Sheck. That's a good point. We got to see who's born in 2024. It, it, Shecky Green might be coming back to life. Yeah. But he, he is like one of like the last of that era of comedian. Yeah. You know, your, your Buddy Hackett's, your Milton Burles. What was he the seems take like Henny sh- Youngman? Shecky Green seems like the type of comedian where he's in his small, tiny office writing jokes, but if he doesn't have a joke, he just goes out of the room 
and there's a hallway full of writers waiting for someone to buy a joke from them. Yeah. Like an old-timey sort of stand-up comedian. But yeah, Shecky Green's dead. How sad is that? Yeah. Very sad, and obviously the reason why anybody would be listening to this episode of the podcast is to find out about Shecky Green's passing. That's right. Okay. Shecky Green died at the age of 97, which begs the question, is Shecky Green alive? Because that's what they did with Elvis, and that's what they did with Tupac. So, Shecky Green is dead. (coughs) Is Shecky Green alive? I'm pretty sure he faked his death, probably because of the he was escaping uh, the the uh, the woke mind virus. Well, okay, he faked his death, but only for about ten seconds, and then a minute later he died. Yeah, because really, on your deathbed. You know, you know you're going. At some point, are you going to fake it for a little while just to freak everybody in the room out? Yeah. I totally am. I totally Absolutely. Am. Huh? I already have my last words I will be planned. on my deathbed and I'll just suddenly go like... <sighs> and everybody will, oh my god, he's gone! And just be like, psych! <laughs> Nice. <coughs> so Shecky Green did fake his own death, but only yes. for about ten or so seconds. Uh, what's that? What's that crazy ass term? Uh, you remember the the deep state? That's it. That's state. it. Shecky Green faked his own death to escape the deep state, who's trying to stop him. From going after the Biden crime family. There you go. Boom. If someone is tuning in for the first time to this podcast, they're really fucking confused. Yeah. But that's fine. Here I am showing off my uh, beautiful boobs. And we're talking about Shecky Green. And yet, still no visitors. What do I need to do? I'm actually, um, I'm going to need to get sexier. I'm I'm switching between our podcast and a girl named Ivana who's just in the thong by her pool on Twitch. Okay. Just being real honest, uh, it, Twitch has gotten pretty thirsty lately. A lot of Twitchers, a lot of Twitch streamers are getting like super horny. So uh, mm, 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 watch our podcast. So, uh, my dad died. Yeah. Very sorry. Uh, Let me tell you how he died. It's really surprising. Um, uh, Miss Scarlet did it in the hallway with the revolver. Oh, I could challenge that. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, it's amazing. I'm so happy that I saw Clue in theaters. Yeah. I'm so happy that I saw the movie Clue in theaters the day it came out, and I got one ending, and that was it. 
you know, because that's sort of gimmicky sort of thing they don't do anymore. They barely did it then. Yeah, they barely did it then. But it was certainly a fun idea for this movie. Yeah. So, uh, I've been estranged from my, okay, let's tackle some trauma, because I'm about two seconds from going nuclear, buddy. Uh-oh. I'm two seconds from going nuclear. That's yeah. my new catchphrase. We're going to be selling shirts, bumper stickers, um, catheters, the Pope on film, collector's edition catheters. Once you put it inside, the catheter says, I'm about two seconds from going nuclear. And then it plays a candle in the wind. I, I, but as fucking yeah, Facebook as really pisses me off because, like, it was that comment in particular that I was replying directly back to him. Yeah. Because I really wanted to see him go nuclear. <laughs> yeah. So, and for um, some reason, for some reason, it jumped the post. So, for a little, there was a little bit there. And then the rest became its own post somehow. That's weird. That is but the first weird. bit was still there. Then it disappeared. Yeah. And then everything that Joe posted disappeared. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, thankfully, I've got screenshots. Yeah. And well, then later it all came back. So, yeah, uh, then it all disappeared i think what happened was he blocked me but then went from blocking to simple unfriending oh maybe so anyway this is what happened my uh father died i've been estranged from my family for a very long time my dad stopped talking to me after my grandparents died it's so it's so weird. Okay, so my grandmother died and I I was like I need to go to Douglas, Arizona. I need to go to the funeral and my yeah. father was there on the phone. Oh, hey, don't don't worry about it. It's you don't have to bring your whole family. You don't have to bring your wife and the kids and they have school. How about this? The funeral's going to be like a private family only funeral so why don't you just uh you know we'll pay for a ticket for you and you can come you don't have to bother your family and i would i was put in the uh position of trying to tell my family not to go to a funeral with me which is weird yeah but i but i i did end up going to my grandmother's funeral and i'm there like oh hey here's my cousin Here's my cousin's roommate. Here's my cousin's best friend. Here's my cousin's best friend's girlfriend. Oh, here's my uh, brother. And here's my brother's friend. And here's my brother's other friend. And it quickly dawned on me that this wasn't a, a, a close-knit family-only thing. Yeah. But for whatever reason, my dad didn't want my white-ass wife and my mixed kids to come to my grandmother's funeral. So... A few months later, when my grandfather died, I said, this time my whole family is going. And my dad got angry and got upset with me and was like, well, we can't pay for, for plane tickets. And it's like, that's fine. You don't have to. 
we'll make our way to Douglas. How are you going to make your way to Douglas? I don't know. We'll drive. Well, we can't guarantee, uh, we can't get you a hotel room. And it's like, we can manage. It's Douglas, Arizona. It's not Beverly Hills. Yeah. We can manage. And so we ended up going. And after that, my dad just stopped talking to me. Uh, and so one of the things that I would always say when I started transitioning was, uh, it's like, I don't have to worry about my parents, about my parents not talking to me. My parents already didn't talk to me. Yeah. So not that big of a difference. My mom ended up doing the talking for the both of them. And, and, uh, oh, your your father and I miss you very much, and just it, but I never talked to my father. It was just, you know, I, I would say, "Hey, honey, hey, kids, we got a card from my parents," and my wife would be like, "Did you though, or did you get a card from just Harry?" And and yeah. she was right. And so my father died, and that my mother called crying and it was very sad and I felt very bad for her. And then shortly after that, my brother posted about, you know, my, my father, Jose has passed away at the age of 78 of, uh, after a short battle with cancer. And it just got to me that like, I was never told that he had cancer. Yeah. If I had been told that, I would have gone and I would have tried to make peace with him, but I wasn't told. And now I'll never get peace with my father. I It, it feels a bit sus. Be- it, it all feels a bit sus because, you know, I called my parents and I talked to my parents and came out to them and told them that I was a woman and that my name was Maylin. And I heard from my parents that we just want you to be safe as long as you're okay. As long as you're safe, it's okay. As you know, whatever makes you happy. But I don't know if my dad ever knew that I was a woman. Probably not. At all. There was always an excuse for why my dad didn't want to talk. Oh, he just took a nap. Oh, he just left. Oh, he's not here. He's on a walk. Yeah. There was always a reason for my dad to not talk to me. So my dad died, and he died of cancer, and I got upset. because whether your dad knew or not, I doubt your mother would tell him. I bet you fucking Joe would. Yeah. Joe would have loved to have told your father. Yeah, Joe is my older brother who, when I was little, this is one of my big, this is one of my big traumas. My brother and I were watching TV in the, um, the futon room of our house on Westcott Drive. And my dad called us into the uh, living room because he wanted to have a talk with us. And he sat Joe and I down and had this talk about how when children are born to families, oftentimes those children 
and their parents, they have a connection and it's a strong connection. And it's a mental connection. And it's a psychic connection. And, and, you know, it, you have the same feelings and it, so many of the same things happen and who you are is the same as these parents. And you can, you can, you even sometimes have the same thoughts, the same emotions, the same feelings. Sometimes you even think the same. And it's obvious that I have this with Joe and that your mom has this with little Stevie. So I'm going to be, I, your father, will primarily be taking care of Joe now. And you, Stevie, will be taken care of by your mom. And so my dad stood up and took Joe into the bedroom to have like a serious conversation with him. And it, it, I was all excited because like, oh, I love my mom and, and my mom and I are like the best, are like best friends and we share the same thoughts and memories. And I remember legitimately thinking, I, my dad left with my brother to the other room to have a conversation. And I looked up at my mom and I said, we have the same thoughts. So you want Simon from Alvin and the Chipmunks to come live with us too? And my mom's like, uh-huh, sure. Yeah. Yep. And so it, like, and then I ignored that and forgot about it. But when I got older, thinking back about my life, that was literally my father saying, I don't want to take care of the youngest sibling of ours. Yeah. The youngest child of ours. I don't want to take care of you. Yeah. Your mom can handle you because you're the sensitive one that wants to wear dresses. I am only taking care of the older your older brother Joe now. It, it's it Joe got all of the attention. My my parents came from a very traditional Hispanic household. And by traditional Hispanic, I mean sexist as fuck. My wife couldn't drive my father unless yeah. he was sick or dying. My uh, mother couldn't handle the finances. Women can't handle money. My, my mother... So I was... I was raised by like the emotionally abused one in the relationship. Yeah. And my older brother was raised by the one who thought that all women need to be subservient to men. And so there you go. I'm nice and sensitive and I try and be kind to everyone. And my brother has always been a fucking wife beating douchebag. And so I was upset that my family decided not to tell me about my uh, dad dying. And so... I mean, look, it's going to hurt you no matter how it comes down. Okay? That's just how it is. But... It, it might be for the best, because... You might have wanted to have that like hallmark moment, patching it up with your dad. But, I absolutely but, did. But the bottom line is, I'm sorry, he never liked you, and there I, is no I hallmark still... moment that's going to make him like you. 
So you would have put yourself through that stress instead of this stress. I still wanted the opportunity to make peace with my dying father. But my uh, family, my surviving family, decided that I wasn't allowed to say goodbye to my father. Uh, Does that mean I'm once removed? Am I am I Joe's brother once removed? Am I Joe's sister once removed now? What do you mean? Like sometimes they say, "Oh, this is my this is my first cousin twice removed." Am I now uh, the estranged uh, trans sister once removed because I've been disowned by the? By the family? No, I no, I don't think so because I, I don't think it oh, works. Man. I forget how it works, but I don't think it works like that. I've never known how how it works. So I, I'm not sure so what the difference between that or being like a second cousin. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure what that difference is. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not once removed. Okay, no, you're I'm just totally the ast- removed. If you're I'm the estranged you're totally trans. I'm the estranged uh, trans sibling. I so now it's my job if my brother decides to get married for like an eighth time, uh, that I show up right at the end and say, "It's me, your long lost." Sister, and then everyone in the church goes like my brother would ever go into a church, but that's a different story. So I posted this graphic to my Facebook story: TFW, your family didn't bother telling you that your father had cancer or that he was dying, robbing you of your peace, never able to say goodbye, and it was a blurry picture of. That I took on the way to go see a movie. I think Godzilla minus one. But that's neither here nor there. And I posted it on my story. And a bunch of people said, oh, so sorry. We we are there for you. But not a single family member. Not a single yeah. family member saw the story. And so I was like, I, I still want my feelings to be known. So I posted it on my uh, main Facebook page. My Parents, my family wasn't one for emotions. I remember one time I was in high school and I was really depressed. And I said, well, if if you're having a hard time with emotions and if you're depressed, you go talk to your parents. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what the movies say I'm supposed to do. I'm going to go talk to my parents. And I went to my mom in the kitchen, sweating it out because she had to have dinner ready for her for her husband exactly when he came home and uh his favorite beer mug needed to be chilled just right and and all of this stuff so my mom's there sweating it out in the kitchen making dinner at like three in the afternoon so it'll be nice and ready when my dad comes home and I say, hey, mom, I'm feeling kind of depressed. And my mom just like snapped. What do you have to be depressed about? You don't have a job. You don't have bills you have to pay. 
you don't have and she just like snapped at me and oh, i'm like that, okay that right there it was totally my mother right yeah. there oh fuck yeah i used to get that shit all the time yeah yeah so i i learned my lesson that day and it's like okay don't talk to my parents about emotions really proud that i have a family now and i think that maybe that's the reason why my dad stopped talking to me is because i started focusing on my own family i have a wife i have kids yeah i have bills i have my own life that i've started here yeah i absolutely love my wife of 18 and a half years my kids are somehow not assholes yeah and i like spending time with them and i'm legally allowed to spend time with them but uh there are other people in my family who aren't legally allowed to see their kids i am legally allowed to see my children so uh <laughs> amber i'm about two seconds from going nuclear hell yeah amber Ten minutes. So I posted the graphic on my Facebook page and my brother went nuts. Okay, now this pissed me off. Nobody knew you weren't singled out. It was their wishes. And say goodbye. You didn't ever, ever call him for a birthday or Father's Day or Xmas or Thanksgiving just to see how he's doing. Fuck out of here with this bullshit. You never cared. Yet here, yet. You're here being dramatic for Facebook attention and likes. Don't get me started. I'm about two seconds from going nuclear. I'm so upset. And it's like, I get it. Uh, my dad's wishes was to not tell anyone outside of the family. I'm in the family and should have been told. Yeah. Even if my dad doesn't want to speak to me anymore, I'm still in the family and should have been told. Yeah. So my brother went ape shit. You're so fucking self-absorbed. I was already under. Uh, yeah, I'm a selfish prick. Um, I'm so pissed that I had to air this shit out on social media. Okay, well you didn't, but whatever. And then here's here's the part that's the most suspicious about this shit is my brother goes, and you'll construe this into some anti-trans bullshit just to get sympathy but it has nothing to do with that and everything to do with why are you bringing me being a trans woman into yeah, that's this fucking weird what the f it's like my brother having a having another like look i just think that you're wrong and i know that you're gonna say that i'm only saying this because because you're black, but I'm not saying that. And it's like, okay, it, it's kind of suspicious that you brought this up on your own. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm an also, asshole for wanting to say goodbye to my dying to father. A stranger, not to your fucking sister. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't care about the family. You don't check in with the family. And it's like, oh, yeah, Joe. I'm not calling you Pepe. Because that is my dad's name, not your name. You're not my dad. Like, legitimately, legitimately, at one point, my brother started saying, um, kindly never speak to any of us ever again. You're not wanted or needed here in the AZ. 
I'm the man of the house now. I'm taking care of everything, as I have been for a while now. Oh, congratulations, brother dad. You've taken yeah. over the pride land. Good yeah. for you, Scar. But, 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 did, okay. he, but did, did he disown you from... Because from, he said the AZ, like, are you kicked out of Arizona? I'm kicked totally? out of... I'm, kicked, I'm pretty sure I'm kicked out of the Midwest. I was thinking of going back to Meow Wolf in New Mexico, but the police are going to be like, you're disowned, you son of a bitch. So, there you go. That's fun. So, like that that thing there, you're not wanted or needed here. Kindly never speak to any of us again. Blocked and disowned. I'm the man of the house now. I'm taking care of everything. Oh, it's like, goddamn, if I ever see my brother again, he's going to lean up to me and say, I kill Mufasa. <laughs> like, fuck, dude. Okay, you've taken over the family. You're now my brother dad. Fucking good for you. I'm, I'm a, I am your sister. I'm sorry. I I'm don't sorry. pay attention you take to the that ball and run with it because you're fucking better off without them. Yeah, I am. And you I have, have my own family. As long as I've known you, you've never had one single good contact with those people. Yeah. Fuck them. Who needs them? Yeah. What benefit are you getting from them that you keep them around? So then he he posts all this like fucking angry, rage filled uh, anger management bullshit at me. And I was like, what should I post? What should I post? So I posted a gift from Jerry Springer because my brother's the one who's like going ape shit on a public post. So he wrote, yeah, that shows how much you care. Can't even defend yourself. You mistreated me. You don't get to be angry at me because you're in the wrong. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't have to fucking defend myself. Oh, I don't pay attention to the family. Please, Joe, do me a favor. Tell me all five of my kids' names. <laughs> Fuck you, Joe. So, I, so he got pissed okay. off. Like, that pissed him but off. to be fair... And you you have one that keeps changing names a lot. Yes. And, and and I can't keep track of that. Right now they are named Q. Okay. They have been Q for a while now. Okay. Do not call them QAnon. They will get pissed the fuck off. That's number one. And number two, this has nothing to do with Star Trek. Okay. Or James Bond. Or James Bond. Okay. Um, what is your full name? I still haven't figured it out. Your full name is Quackilius Quackington the Third. Okay, that's their full name. Even I have nice. a hard time with that. My brother's not nice. know that shit, but the thing is, is that it's not up to the child to have all of the contact. With their parents. Yeah. I've been in this same fucking house for so long. I've had the same phone number since I moved here. Fuck you. Why aren't you having contact with me? Yeah. You know? And it's really upsetting. 
Well, that's pretty much what I said in that first bit that disappeared. It was really nice that, to see that people, you have though. called, you know, regardless of the amount, you have called your, your family more often than your family in total has contacted you. Yes. Is what I said to Joe in that first bit. Yeah. And it's a public post. If anyone who is listening to this, you can read it if you want. Because it's public. My brother just decided to lose his shit in public. And it was really nice to see people like you chimed in. Uh, saying fuck you to Joe. And then Q showed up. Quackilius Quackington Third. And then my friend Bex did, Amber did. I don't even think my brother knows who Amber is. <laughs> Jeff Kerr started yeah. uh, posting. Like it, it was really nice to see so many people. And then I went to church today, and like 95% of the people there have are just like, oh, hi, Maylin. Man, it's cold out there, isn't it? But every like every every like tenth person was the how you doing, Maylin? Doing okay? Do you need a hug? I'm there for you. And it's like, yeah, you've seen all my fucking dirty laundry. In a way, there's like a comfort to what happened on on Facebook because here's a, like that line from Ed Wood, like uh, you're a reporter and you want to show everyone that all those monster stories about Lake Marsh are true. And it's like, here is my proof. Yeah. I have so many crazy ass stories about my brother and how he's a narcissistic, self-absorbed asshole woman beating drunken piece of shit who cares about nobody but himself. And he's always had a, uh, uh, a sibling rivalry against me where he has to try and be better than me at everything. And here is proof in public. Yeah. My brother's an asshole. And so now I am a, uh, I am but a poor orphan child. My wife said that I should still call my mom because I shouldn't punish my mom and have a bad relationship with my mom because of my brother. But also, my mom is a huge Joe enablist. Yeah. Something tells me that um, my mom's probably seconds. getting drunk and getting high and not missing. So there's that. I am a I am a popper now. Yes. And that's the end of that. There's my drama. And cut on that. We have a movie to get to. Fuck all of this family drama. We are going to discuss the greatest movie of all time, 1972 Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. But before
these posts in the rants and raves section of the Oklahoma City Craigslist page because it I, I guess it's just justifying my beliefs people are horrible the headline is USA and Mexico God okay uh, all right gonna keep a positive attitude towards this I was visiting with a blood relative who was married to a Mexican. And the relative brought up Trump and the wall. The relative was irritated that Trump thinks Mexico will pay for the wall. Being a nice relative, I just listened and was told Mexico hates Trump. I feel as if I have stumbled onto something. Go Trump, go baby, build that beautiful wall. So happy to be a brown-skinned individual. In the Bible Belt. Gee, I feel so uh, welcomed and invited. Just feel so warm. People are treating me so nice here. It's like, man, they make sure to put their sights on me first. It's like I have red dots all around me from their sniper rifles. Yay! I'm going to get me a pickup truck and a dog and a shotgun. I'll start saying y'all. I need I need to go whiteface if I'm gonna live here any longer. Really excited about that. Yeah.
So, I wrote a song I'm going to be playing for you guys. Uh, I, I haven't finished the song yet. I haven't finished it yet. It's a work in progress. But I, I think I have enough that I can play it for you here. Uh, it's a good song. So far, I, it's pretty good. Uh, please be nice in the comments. Please be nice. You know, because it, you know, it's not 100% done yet. It's a work in progress. If you guys could just, you know, be nice. You know, I would appreciate that. So, uh, here you go. This is, this is what I've got so far. I call it Unrequited Petals of Tomorrow's Yesterday. That's what I call it. And, uh, uh, this is, this is how it goes. <clears throat> Oh, I think that's all I got so far, and um, I think it's a good beginning. I think it's I think it's a good start. And uh, if you have if you have any if you have any requests, uh, you know, let me know. And uh, yeah, talk to you later. Yes, Lord. Is, is that you, Lord? Yes, Lord, I understand. Kill the infidels. Kill the infidels. Yes, my Lord, I will obey as soon as I get out of here. <laughs> In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. In the jungle, the quiet jungle, the lion sleeps Near the village, the peaceful village, the lion sleeps 
Anybody want a peanut? Come back next week, and I'll go give you all the peanuts you want. film yes hello it's me may lynn and uh the edibles have kicked in 
So that's exciting. Oh, that's good. What yes. else? Um, I hate this movie so much. I hate it. I hate the first 15 minutes where literally nothing is happening. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, it, just in case you're just joining us, my father died and my brother has taken over the pride land. And now my older brother is my father and he disowned me. Pretty sure you can't get disowned from your family by your asshole sibling. Yeah. But now I'm a. But ever since my brother's little private temper tantrum, I I feel that I am I am. Uh, it kind of reminds me of one of the early Steve Martin movies. I forget which one where where he was like, "I divorce thee." I. Divorce. That's what this disownership reminds me of. The man with two brains. Was it? Yeah, it was the man with two brains. He was saying that to uh, V.I. Warshawski. <laughs> What's her name? Sybil Shepherd. Nailed it. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, that's what we were talking about in the first half of the podcast. It was amazing, and it was a, it was a tearjerker. You really should have been there and listened to it. It was amazing. But uh, to summarize the first half of the podcast, fuck my family. Now, yes. let's talk about this week's movie. And, and before we get to it, I want to take some time at the top yes. of the second half of the podcast to address the unfounded rumors yes. surrounding our Christmas episode. Very unfair. We do this. We do this uh, this is our eighth annual viewing of this film. And there's a lot of rumors out there, and it upsets me so much. I'm about two seconds from going nuclear. Yeah. New catchphrase. I know you love it. Uh, <laughs> but I just want to address the unfounded rumors. There is a rumor going out there. A lot of people talking about it. That says that we simply reuse the same notes every year. Yeah. And that we don't actually watch the film. Haters going to hate. And come up with, yeah, yeah. Haters are going to hate. I think my brother may have started these rumors. Yeah. You know, what better way to go after his sensitive, beautiful trans sister than by sabotaging the podcast. Yeah. I'm going to blame everything on Joe now. You know, kind of like how uh, evangelical Christians blame everything on the devil? Yeah. And it's like, oh man, I have a headache. I don't know what type of voodoo Joe is doing. Uh-huh. Okay. I, I would also like to take this time to say that... Um, this year, twenty, the year of our Lord, twenty twenty three. You know, I can. I was confirmed Episcopalian, and I am trying when to. Was this? Uh, February. I remember. You, you so I remember saying to people. Communion? 
I remember ceremony? saying to people, like, kind of it's like thing? after the after the ceremony, they're like, "Oh, are you going to stay for for the uh, for the after? Are you going to stay in for afterwards when there's going to be drinks and food?" And I'm like, "No, I've got to go see a horrible movie and talk about it with Bunny Williams." Yes. And so I imagine there's a lot of people out there that get confirmed into a into Episcopalianism, but not a lot that are like, I can't stay. I've got to go watch, I don't know, the bloody moose or some shit. Yeah. But um I'm I'm trying to better myself, trying to be better than who I was before. And so this is me not reading out loud someone's autobiography. Okay. That is horrible. <clears throat> this is me not reading it. And not making fun of a book. Because you know what's missing in the literary world? People want to hear more stories about alcoholics who had a lot of sex while being a karaoke DJ. Yes. Like, move over Britney Spears' memoirs. What about the guy who ran karaoke at a tiny shitty bar in Northern California? That's that's the story everyone wants to hear. Yeah. This is me not reading that biography. But um, if anyone's interested, just, you know, DM me. But what I'm saying is... This, our eighth annual discussion of Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny is completely different from all the other ones. Yes, it is. And if you want to, you can go out yourself and listen to episodes 445, 429, 285. What gap? 241, 198, 154, and 105. And you can listen to all of those and then listen to this one episode 470 and you will see that completely different completely different yes well poffies it's the holiday season time to hang up your stockings light your menorah and hide your painted eggs it's time to wear some green or else you'll get pinched isn't that crazy that we have just okay here's a holiday for jesus Here's a holiday for love. Here's a holiday for Jesus's resurrection. Here's a holiday celebrating our nation. Here's one for sexual harassment. Yes. It's, it's like, okay, here's just a holiday where you get to spank anyone you want. Yeah. It's weird. You know, like, oh, I can pinch you because you're not wearing the right color. You try explaining that to to a foreigner. Fucking yeah. weird. I'll, yes, the but, holidays. But see, but see, I am Irish. I will pinch you back. Hell yeah. I am Irish no matter. I am sorry if green is just not my color. Okay? Yeah, I understand. I That's understand. It. Black suits you. Yes. Yes, the holidays. Time for the annual pilgrimage to Mecca. Time for Maxwell and I to once again undertake our annual Hajj. My favorite part is the drinking from the well of Zamzam. 
Uh, well, uh, Maxwell's favorite part. My favorite part is uh, the counterclockwise running around the Kaaba. So I guess I'm just old-fashioned like that. Yes, my friends, time to talk about the true meaning of Christmas. It's about dressing in costumes, getting free candy, eating insane amount amounts of hearts. No, eating insane amounts of turkey and falling asleep in front of a football game. It's about eating candy hearts, and it's about the birth of America. It's about fireworks. Yes, Christmas is the day that we celebrate the birth of Christ by becoming the angriest, greediest motherfuckers on the face of the earth. Uh, Christmas is also about Christmas movies. You know, there's been many classic, classic Christmas movies over the years. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, Die Hard, Gremlins. Um, fuck, what was it? Eyes Wide Shut! Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I, I almost forgot it. And this week's film, which saves you time and money by being three, three crappy movies in one. Yes. It is the hideous cinematic stillborn known as 1972's Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Yes. And you know, Bunny, this week's movie is so bad that a lot of people, including some bad movie lovers out there, have actually never heard of this movie before, let alone seen it. It's really a, it's really a, and it's really a under the radar type of movie. have not seen it over and over. Yeah. And over. I do and not like riff tracks. Again. Huh? I do not particularly like riff tracks anymore. However, their riff tracks of Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, it it's 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 the easiest way to digest the film. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the difficult part about this a uh, completely all-new take on Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny and not some sort of bizarre meta joke that only the two of us get. Yeah. Um, the difficult part is how to explain this week's film without sounding completely insane. The basic plot is... Uh, it focuses on Santa Claus, who, it should be noted, never said this joke before. Yeah. Ever. And I sure as hell don't look forward every year to saying this joke. Because this is the first time I've ever said this joke. And it's not like you're gonna go out and 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 fact check me. You're not gonna go and listen to episodes 105, 154, 198, 241, 285, 429, 100 episode gap. And 445, and then listen to this one, episode 470, and find out for yourself. So, Santa in this film <laughs> rates a 9.5 on the Joe Don Baker sweat meter. Yes. Mitchell. My, 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 Mitchell. Uh, Santa crashes his sled on a beach in Florida. That's Florida the state and not Flo Rida the rapper. Um, and then Santa would be a murderer. You don't want Santa yeah. to be a murderer, do you kids? 
Especially not it's on okay. garbage day. Yeah. Garbage day? So the reindeer leave them because it's too hot. And if you forget that, it's okay. Because they will remind you of it every minute. <laughs> In the beginning of the film, they will remind you every minute that it's hot. Uh, personally, I hope that Santa fires the reindeer. Hey, maybe it's time to put him down. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is really but, a... You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, damn. The reindeer just fucking left you? Like, <coughs> fuck it. Get AI. You can get AI to fly you around the world, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, so he tries a bunch of different things to get... plenty of technology. That would help Hell Santa, yeah. Santa along these days. Uh, I heard that reindeer. Elon Musk is working on a self-driving sled. What's that? It just exploded. I can't believe it. Well, he's currently trying to actually brand Santa Claus so that then nice. he owns him. Yeah. Nice. Good on you. So uh, Santa tries a bunch of things to try and get his sled out of the sand. Kids, a gorilla, a donkey, another, and and other animals from theme park petting zoos. Um, he summons the kids in his in his sleep, which I think is a new mutant power. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, a whole different movie breaks out. This movie within a movie is actually much longer than all of this Santa nonsense. Actually, there's another bit to this because in the movie within a movie, the character of Thumbelina visits a pirate-themed theme park in Florida post-Disney bastardization. They visit Pirate Land Amusement Park for no reason whatsoever. So really, it's a movie within a movie within a movie. It's crapception. Yes. Trademark 2023, the Pope on film and Undead Cow Studios. Yes. Because I just came up with that. Crapception. That joke has never been said before. No, no. So, it's new to me. Santa, yeah. So Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny is a 1972 kids movie. It's important to note that throughout the 60s and 70s and even 80s, uh, the powers that be in Holly Weird seem to think, seem to all literally think that, hey, this is a movie for women. Better make it a romance. Hey, here's a movie for kids. Remember, kids are stupid. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, Mac and Me, The Oogie Loves and the Big Balloon Adventure, Oppenheimer, the list goes on and on. Yes. Now, this is shit, but in order... This movie is shit, but in order to fully get to the bottom of Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, we need to talk about a specific movie genre. Now, Bunny, do you want to guess what movie genre we're about to talk about? I bet you'll never guess. You will never guess. Never. You gotta pick. Oh my god, you are absolutely right! 
How in the world did you guess it, buddy? Wow, your psychic power. Your psychic mind power was so incredible. Yes, nudie cuties. The Pope on film kicking it up a notch. Yes. So nudie cuties were softcore nude movies from primarily the 50s and 60s that featured ample toplessness, select bottomness, no bush, no dong, a lot of cheek, and usually some of the broadest humor ever to be written into a script that didn't have he and ha in the title. Yes. Uh, humor so broad it made Benny Hill look like Shakespeare. Like, imagine Hee Haw, but Minnie Pearl and Roy Clark are fucking naked. And also, I'm sorry to put that in your head. Remember yeah. Benny Hinn, though, buddy? Benny, Benny Hinn, yes. The, Benny the Hinn, the guy who would, like, heal people with his jacket yeah. and stuff. Some freaking Middle Eastern minister who would heal people. What happened to him? Is uh, he he's still, still floating around there somewhere. Benny Hinn. American-Canadian evangelist? Israeli-born American-Canadian evangelist. Look at that. He's still alive. He's 71 years old. He's been married and remarried a couple of times, which I don't think is um, okay for a man of God. But hey, what do I know? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, where was I on these totally new notes? Yes. Okay. So, uh, I've got a list, Bunny, of yes. some classic nudie cuties that have been created. Now, did I make some of these titles up? No. Yes. But I didn't make up too many of them. So, maybe... Just get off my lady dick, okay? Yeah. Damn. So here are some classic nudie cuties that have been created over the year. Nudies on the moon. The monster of Camp Sunshine. And that when a monster attacks a nudist colony. That one sucks. <laughs> so bad. Nudies at the abattoir. That is a... um. A place where they make hamburgers, but everyone who works there has to be naked. A law and order naked homicide division. When they change scenes, it goes dong dong. Uh, I just came up with that. Totally new. Just like everything else I'm saying in this part of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Totally new. Nudie University. Nakedsville, USA. Citizen Kane. Naked welders, nudie popes go bananas, one, two, and three. Okay, never mind. I made up a majority of the list, but you get the general idea. They were cheap movies shown in badly lit grindhouse theaters in the bad parts of New York City before P.F. Chang's and the M&M store came along and sanitized it all. Yeah. And at this point, you may be wondering why we're having this conversation about nudie cuties when we're supposed to be talking about Santa and the ice cream bunny. But don't worry. Buddy Williams, we will get there. Okay? <laughs> we'll get that. Uh, one of the leading directors of Nudie Cuties was a guy named Barry Mahon. And I'm almost positive that the H in his last name is silent. 
but I believe that all letters matter. Yes. And that we shouldn't allow letters to be silent. Let's make their voices heard. So his name is probably Barry Mann, but here in this safe zone, yes, he's Barry Mahon. Sorry, Barry Mann, Mahon. You're Barry Mahon now. Sorry, woke leftists. That's a joke, <laughs> by the way, in case you're just joining us because we are the we are the leftists. Yeah. Mister. That's craft reference. Anywho, yeah, Barry Mahon was a veteran. <laughs> he was in, as uh Dick Miller said in Gremlins, he was in WWI. Yeah. And according to Waikapadaya, he was captured and tried to escape, and he was a hero. And they made a small little film about Barry Mahon. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called The Great Freaking Escape! Yeah. And let that sink in. The film The Great Escape is based on... Wait. Hold on a minute. Wait, no. Barry Mahon was considered by many to be one of the true life stories that The Great Escape was based on, and I believe he did milk that. But no, that film is now known to not be about him. Oh, well, please regard the last uh, seven years of us covering this one. Yes. Barry Mahon was in WWII. Then that wrapped up. So he came back to the U.S. and started cranking out cheap-ass, low-budget schlock. He would go on to make over 60 films in his lifetime, and he started with Nudie Cuties because what's the one thing you put in a movie and it becomes a hit? Tits. Hell yeah. And Barry Mahon directed such totally real films as Forbidden Flesh, Sex Club Intern, Nude A Go Go, Swinging Nurses, The Love Cult, Nudes on Tiger Reef, The Beast That Killed Women, Bottoms Up, and my favorite title, the one with the most pizzazz, The Diary of Knockers McCalla. Yeah. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was written by Nelson Mandela in prison. Yeah. Which makes it an important film to watch. I should have named myself Knockers McCall. Shit, like I missed an opportunity kicking, there. That'll be my... If, if, I'm not a, a drag queen. I'm a trans woman. But if I was a drag queen, what that is 100% my name. Knockers McCall. Yeah. Nocturne McCullough, McCullough, McCalla. I have a real hard time pronouncing these crazy white people names. Uh, Barry Mahon didn't just focus on nudie cuties, though. The veteran was prolific. He also released such stinkers as Pagan Island, Cuban Rebel Girls, and Rocket Attack USA, which was also featured in a hilarious episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 Season 2. It was a Joel episode. And we all know that he was the best. Joel and Mike are my Steve and Joe from Blue's Clues. Sure, yeah. Joe was around longer, but Steve's star doth shine the brightest. And I'm not saying that because that's my dead name. And the former name of my older brother, Joe, before he turned into my brother father. Yeah. Like we're Mormon. Like we're Mormons. Well, this is how the story goes. It's the late 60s in Dania, Florida, and uh, some business people 
get together like they do. And they opened a 100-acre theme park called Pirate's World. What? A big theme park in Florida? That will never work. And for a few years, Pirate's World was a pretty big deal. It opened on April 8th, 1967, and it was primarily known as the first major Florida theme park. And they also had a big outdoor auditorium. The lineup of concerts they had at Pirate's World was freaking insane. Led Zeppelin, Grateful Dead, Black Sabbath, The Doors, David Bowie, Frank Zappa, Steely Dan, and Johnny Winter recorded a live album there. 1971's Johnny, Johnny Winter and was recorded at both the Fillmore East in NYC and freaking Pirate's World. So for a small period of time, Pirate's World was the freaking place to be. Yeah. I can't, in my mind, I just imagine, oh man, let's get some churros. Let's go ride the Ferris wheel. And I don't know, do you want to see Led Zeppelin? <laughs> Fucking, I guess. Where are they? Oh, they're over there by the, by the bumper boats. That's fucking weird. Mm -hmm. So, cut to the Disney Corporation. They have an amazing, wonderful, and altogether wholly original idea. We are opening a massive theme park in Florida. Never been done. No one has ever opened a theme park in Florida. We are the first to ever do it. Yes. And by and large, the Disney people got all the credit for being the first theme park in Florida when it opened in 1971, despite Pirate's World opening in 1967. Uh, but Pirate's World didn't last long. It would close by 1973, but they tried. The yeah. Pirate's World people tried to stick around. They fought and struggled, and someone said, how can we get people into this park? And the idea became, what about we make some cheapo kids movies here in the park? They'll not only turn a profit because we'll, we'll use the park as the setting for the film, which will make it, we can make these movies for next to nothing. And uh, it will also, these films will go out there and it will act as de facto ads for the theme park. Yeah. And as the stars aligned around that time, Barry Mahon's nudie cuties weren't making any money anymore. What other movie genre can I do that I can make on the cheap and will guarantee to make money? Oh yeah, kids are dumb. And so, <laughs> uh, yada, yada, yada. He makes a shitty Wizard of Oz movie for kids. And it's like, I'm going to make a shitty Wizard of Oz movie for kids. How do I do this? Uh, I know. And he asks Pirate World if he can film the Wizard of Oz movie there. And he and after that Wizard of Oz movie, Barry Mahon made Jack and the Beanstalk at Pirate World. And then Thumbelina... And also at, Pi also at Pirate's World. That's three movies at Pirate's World. And then he would record maybe 15 to 20 minutes of extra footage of Santa on a beach and shove and those two pre-existing movies into the new footage and say, hey, 
It's a brand new movie. Oh, so Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny was the first Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Except Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny didn't have Garbage Day. Yeah. I brought Garbage Day into it. I'm really proud of it. Um, thus, it was Santa missed, and though. the Ice Cream that's, Bunny. That's, it was missed. Yeah. 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 So Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, that is how it got created. The movie is shit. But here's a fun fact that I have just recently learned. And then I've never said on the podcast before. Because you're not going to check. So when Barry Mahon was making his cheap-ass Pirates World film zero-budget Wizard of Oz movie, he's like, how can I get people to pay attention to my shitty movie and so he started doing interviews and saying yes this is going to be a huge movie massive movie in fact we're going to get the star of the original wizard of oz movie to be in this to sing her classic song somewhere over the rainbow it was bullshit and of course she's not in it yeah but she got people in but barry mahon got people interested in santa and the ice cream bunny Nowadays, this movie is most well-known as being a Rift Tracks movie. They released a Rift Tracks version with Thumbelina, and then later they did a Rift Tracks live, and for that one, they did the Jack and the Beanstalk version. So they have recorded videos for both. Yes. Because there's two different versions of this movie. Most of the time, if you go out and you try and find Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, you will get the Thumbelina version. But I like the Jack and the Beanstalk version just because it's it's just smaller. It's shorter. Yeah. I feel that the, the Thumbelina movie just drags the fuck on. Well, there's like not really exactly a story there. It just kind of meanders through a few things. It looks like a community theater for play for children yeah. that was written by the director. Which is basically what this was. <laughs> I did describe it. However, since uh, so this movie is most well uh, known as a Rift Tracks movie. However, since Mike Nelson is a right-wing Christian conservative jackass, this podcast of ours is now Rift Tracks free. If you want something like Rift Tracks, May I suggest either go back and find Cinematic Titanic, which was freaking wonderful, or The Mads. I am yeah. in love with The Mads. Really? I haven't, I haven't watched them yet. I have heard about them. I, didn't I love The Mads. It's The Mad Scientists from Mystery Science Theater, the originals. Dr. Clayton Forrester and TV's Frank, and they're making fun of bad movies. I like it because they'll cuss and they'll make leftist jokes. Yeah. You know, because, and I, again, like all of the Mystery Science Theater people say that we're all a family and there's no animosity, but here's Mike Nelson who hosted a conservative podcast doing his stuff. And then here's Joel over here doing his own stuff. And here's two people who definitely smoke weed. Yeah. 
and vote for Democrats doing their stuff. So I like the Mads. The Mads is what I want. The Mads is what I want Rift Tracks to be. Yeah. And I really like them. Uh, also, check Pluto TV on demand. They always have a bunch of shitty ass movies. Uh, so that's it for this, uh, for what I have for uh, Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. This is episode 470. This is our eighth year. Eighth year doing yes. this one movie. Yeah. And again, and again, uh, I will ask. Uh, it was my idea. I don't know if it was my idea. But one of us had an idea to do the same movie at the end of every year. And it was down to Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny and the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah. Do you still think, here on this, our eighth episode, do you think that you have, that we made the right choice? Yeah, again, because you can mix it up. You can okay. mix it up. Okay. You, you can watch the Thumbelina. You can watch the Jack and the Beanstalk. You've got a choice of two riff tracks. You know? Okay. So, yeah. All right. The Star Wars Holiday Special is just going to be the Star Wars Holiday Special every time. Have you seen A Disturbance in the Force? Um, Your silence says no. All the fucking time. Huh? All the fucking time. Okay. Our whole reality has become a disturbance in the force. Okay. Fuck it. We're watching that for the next episode of the podcast. I haven't uploaded it to the shared cough cough yet, but we're fucking doing it. A few, like a month ago, they released a big budget full length documentary about the making of the Star Wars holiday special. It's called The Disturbance in Force. It's supposed to be freaking great. We're watching it for the next episode. Okay. You you will be getting a message in a in in a in an hour or two. But this is absolutely what we're doing. It's a brand new documentary just came out cool. and it's solely about the creation. How did this movie get made? The Star Wars Holiday Special. I I haven't watched it yet and I'm excited to. So we're going to watch this. That is the next episode of the Pope on Film. I'm excited. You know, we can move on from my Jerry Springerian family drama and just have uh, a fun time making fun of Star Wars, which is Ameri- the American pastime. I think m- complaining about Star Wars, I would say, has passed baseball in being something purely American. Yes. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So the next episode will be a patriotic episode. Because we will be doing what all Americans are destined to do, make fun of Star Wars. But that's the next episode. Now that this one is wrapped up, now that I'm looking back at this one, the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, I got to say, I got to say, I think that this has been a pretty good episode. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, good. I was going to say that, but I I didn't want to step on your toes. I feel like you're the one who makes that decision and not me. 
but yes, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am May Lynn. And on behalf of you, Natasha, Eleanor, Maxwell, and everybody else, and Ann Amber, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens! Hey, why was that bad? Okay. Hey, you. Oopie. Oopie? I cannot believe you. We try and run a clean podcast here, Eleanor, and you come in with your filth, florn, filth, florn, filth. We try to keep it clean here. Shit, Eleanor. You were in so much fucking trouble for using language like that. Fucking hell. Do 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 do